Section five of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Adams. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Four, translated by Richard Burton, Section Five, Two Hundred and Fifty First Night to Two Hundred and Fifty Fourth Night. When it was the Two Hundred and Fifty First Night, she said, "It hath reached me, O auspicious King, that Allah al Din's mother said to her lady friends, Verily, his father feared for him the evil eye and reared him in an underground chamber." and haply the slave forgot to shut the door, and he fared forth. But we did not mean that he should come out before his beard was grown. The women gave her joy of him, and the youth went out from them into the courtyard, where he seated himself in the open sitting-room, and behold, in came slaves with his father's she-mule, and he said to them, Whence cometh this mule? quoth they, we escorted thy father when riding her to the shop, and we have brought her back. He asked, What may be my father's trade? And they answered, Thy father is consul of the merchants in the land of Egypt, and sultan of the sons of the Arabs. Then he went in to his mother, and said to her, O my mother, what is my father's trade? Said she, O my son, thy sire is a merchant, and consul of the merchants in the land of Egypt, and sultan of the sons of the Arabs. His slaves consult him not in selling aught whose price is less than one thousand gold pieces, but merchandise worth him a hundred and less they sell at their own discretion. Nor cloth any merchandise whatever, little or much, leave the country without passing through his hands, and he disposeth of it as he pleaseth nor is a bale packed and sent abroad amongst folk but what is under his disposal and almighty allah o my son hath given thy father monies past compt he rejoined o my mother praised be allah that i am son of the sultan of the sons of the arabs and that my father is consul of the merchants but why o my mother do ye put me in the underground chamber and leave me prisoner there Quoth she, O my son, we imprisoned thee not save for fear of folk's eyes, the evil eye is a truth, and most of those in their long homes are its victims. Quoth he, O my mother, and where is a refuge place against fate? Verily care never made destiny forbear, nor is there flight from what is written for every wight. He who took my grandfather will not spare myself nor my father, for though he live to-day he shall not live to-morrow and when my father dieth and i come forth and say i am allah al-din son of shams al-din the merchant none of the people will believe me but men of years and standing will say in our lives never saw we a son or a daughter of shams al-din then the public treasury will come down and take my father's estate and allah have mercy on him who said the noble dieth and his wealth passeth away and the meanest of men take his women therefore o my mother speak thou to my father that he carry me with him to the bazaar and open for me a shop so may i sit there with my merchandise and teach me to buy and sell and take and give answered his mother 
O my son, as soon as thy sire returneth, I will tell him this. So when the merchant came home, he found his son, Ala al-Din Abul Ashamat, sitting with his mother, and said to her, Why hast thou brought him forth of the underground chamber? She replied, O son of my uncle, it was not I that brought him out, but the servants forgot to shut the door and left it open. So, as I sat with a company of women of rank, behold, he came forth and walked in to me. Then she went on to repeat to him his son's words. So he said, O my son, to-morrow, inshallah, I will take thee with me to the bazaar. But, my boy, sitting in markets and shops, demandeth good manners and courteous carriage in all conditions. Allah al-Din passed the night rejoicing in his father's promise, and, when the morrow came, the merchant carried him to the hammam and clad him in a suit worth a mint of money. As soon as they had broken their fast and drunk their sherbets, Shams al-Din mounted his she-mule, and putting his son upon another, rode to the market, followed by his boy. But when the market folk saw their consul making towards them, foregoing a youth as he were a slice of the full moon on the fourteenth night, they said, one to another, See thou yonder boy behind the consul of the merchants? Verily we thought well of him, but he is like the leek, grey of head and green at heart. And Sheikh Mohammed Samsan, deputy syndic of the market, the man before mentioned, said to the dealers, O merchants, we will not keep the like of him for our sheikh, no, never. Now it was the custom anent the consul, when he came from his house of a morning and sat down in his shop, for the deputy syndic of the market to go and recite to him, and to all the merchants assembled around him, the Fatiha, or opening chapter of the Koran, after which they accosted him one by one, and wished him good morrow, and went away, each to his business place. But when Shams al-Din seated himself in his shop that day as usual, the traders came not to him as accustomed. So he called the deputy and said to him, Why come not the merchants together as usual? Answered Mohammed Samson, I know not how to tell thee these troubles, for they have agreed to depose thee from the sheikhship of the market, and to recite the Fatiha to thee no more. Asked Shams al-Din, What may be their reason? And asked the deputy, what boy is this that sitteth by thy side, and thou a man of years and chief of the merchants? Is this lad a mameluke, or akin to thy wife? Verily I think thou lovest him, and inclines lewdly to the boy. Thereupon the consul cried out at him, saying, Silence! Allah curse thee, genus and species! This is my son! Rejoined the deputy, Never in our born days have we seen thee with a son. And Shams al-Din answered, When thou gavest me the seed-thickener, my wife conceived and bare this youth, but I reared him in a souterrain for fear of the evil eye, nor was it my purpose that he should come forth till he could take his beard in his hand. However, his mother would not agree to this, and he on his part begged I would stock him a shop and teach him to sell and buy. 
So the deputy syndic returned to the other traders, and acquainted them with the truth of the case, whereupon they all arose to accompany him, and going in a body to Shams al-Din's shop, stood before him and recited the opener of the Koran, after which they gave him joy of his son, and said to him, The Lord prosper root and branch! but even the poorest of us when son or daughter is born to him needs must cook a panful of custard and bid his friends and kith and kin yet hast thou not done this quoth he this i owe you be our meeting in the garden and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the two hundred and fifty-second night her sister Juniazad said to her, Pray continue thy story for us, as thou be awake and not inclined to sleep. Quoth she, With pleasure and good will, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the consul of the merchants promised them a banquet, and said, Be our meeting in the garden. So when morning dawned, he dispatched the carpet-layer to the saloon of the garden pavilion, and bade him furnish the two moreover he sent thither all that was needed for cooking such as sheep and clarified butter and so forth according to the requirements of the case and spread two tables one in the pavilion and another in the saloon then shams al-din and his boy girded themselves and he said to allah al-din o my son when as a grey beard entereth i will meet him and seat him at the table in the pavilion and do thou in like manner receive the beardless youths and seat them at the table in the saloon he asked o my father why dost thou spread two tables one for men and another for youths and he answered o my son the beardless is ashamed to eat with the bearded and his son thought this his answer full and sufficient so when the merchants arrived shams al-din received the men and seated them in the pavilion whilst allah al-din received the youths and seated them in the saloon then the food was set on and the guests ate and drank and made merry and sat over their wine whilst the attendants perfumed them with the smoke of scented woods and the elders fell to conversing of matters of science and traditions of the prophet now there was amongst them a merchant called mahmud of balk a professing moslem but at heart a magian a man of lewd and mischievous life who loved boys and when he saw allah al-din from whose father he used to buy stuffs and merchandise one sight of his face sent him a thousand sighs and satan dangled the jewel before his eyes so that he was taken with love-longing and desire and affection and his heart was filled with mad passion for him presently he arose and made for the youths who stood up to receive him and at this moment allah al-din being taken with an urgent call of nature withdrew to make water whereupon mahmud turned to the other youths and said to them if ye will incline allah al-din's mind to journeying with me i will give each of you a dress worth a power of money then he returned from them to the men's party and as the youths were sitting allah al-din suddenly came back when all rose to receive him and seated him in the place of highest honour presently one of them said to his neighbour o my lord hassan tell me whence came to thee the capital whereon thou trades he replied 
When I grew up and came to man's estate, I said to my sire, O my father, give me merchandise. Quoth he, O my son, I have none by me, but go thou to some merchant, and take of him money, and traffic with it, and so learn to buy and sell, give and take. So I went to one of the traders, and borrowed of him a thousand dinars, wherewith I bought stuffs, and carrying them to Damascus, sold them there at a profit of two for one. Then I bought Syrian stuffs, and carrying them to Aleppo, made a similar gain of them, after which I bought stuffs of Aleppo, and repaired with them to Baghdad, where I sold them with like result, two for one. Nor did I cease trading upon my capital, till I was worth nigh ten thousand ducats. Then each of the others told his friend some such tale, till it came to Aladdin's turn to speak, when they said to him, And thou, O my lord Aladdin, quoth he, I was brought up in a chamber underground, and came forth from it only this week, and I do but go to the shop, and return home from the shop. They remarked, Thou art used to wone at home, and wottest not the joys of travel, for travel is for men only. He replied, I reck not of voyaging, and wayfaring cloth not tempt me. Whereupon quoth one to the other, This one is like the fish, when he leaveth the water he dieth. Then they said to him, O Allah al-Din, the glory of the sons of the merchants is not, but in travel for the sake of gain. Their talk angered him, so he left them weeping-eyed and heavy-hearted, and mounting his mule, returned home. Now his mother saw him in tears and in bad temper, and asked him, What hath made thee weep, O my son? And he answered, Of a truth, all the sons of the merchants put me to shame, and said, Naught is more glorious for a merchant's son than travel for gain and to get him gold. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and fifty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Allah al-Din said to his mother, Of a truth all the sons of the merchants put me to shame, and said, Naught is more honourable for a merchant's son than travel for game. O my son, hast thou a mind to travel? Even so! And whither wilt thou go? To the city of Baghdad, for their folk make double the cost price on their goods. O oh, my son, thy father is a very rich man, and if he provide thee not with merchandise, I will supply it out of my own monies. The best favour is that which is soonest bestowed. If this kindness is to be, now is the time. So she called the slaves, and sent them for cloth-packers, then, opening a storehouse, brought out ten loads of stuffs, which they made up into bales for him. Such was his case, but as regards his father, Shams al-Din, he looked about, and failed to find Allah al-Din in the garden, and inquiring after him, was told that he had mounted mule and gone home. So he too mounted and followed him. Now when he entered the house, he saw the bales ready bound, and asked what they were. Whereupon his wife told him what had chanced between Allah al-Din and the sons of the merchants. And he cried, O oh my son, Allah's malison on travel and strangerhood! Verily, Allah's apostle, 
whom the Lord bless and preserve, hath said, It is of a man's happy fortune that he eat his daily bread in his own land. And it was said of the ancients, Leave travel, though but for a mile. Then quoth he to his son, Say, art thou indeed resolved to travel, and wilt thou not turn back from it? Quoth the other, There is no help for it but that I journey to Baghdad with merchandise, else will I doff clothes and don dervish gear and fare a wandering over the world. Shams al-Din rejoined, I am no penniless pauper, but have great plenty of wealth. Then he showed him all he owned of monies and stuffs and stock in trade, and observed, With me are stuffs and merchandise befitting every country in the world. Then he showed him among the rest forty bales ready bound, with the price a thousand dinars written on each, and said, O my son, take these forty loads, together with the ten which thy mother gave thee, and set out under the safeguard of Almighty Allah. But, O my child, I fear for thee a certain wood in thy way, called the Lion's Copse, and a valley hides the vale of dogs, for there lives are lost without mercy. He said, How so, O my father? And he replied, Because of the Badawi bandit named Ajlan. Quoth Allah al-Din, Such is Allah's luck. If any share of it be mine, no harm shall hap to me. Then they rode to the cattle bazaar, where, behold, a camelier alighted from his she-mule, and kissing the consul's hand, said to him, O my lord, it is long by Allah since thou hast employed us in the way of business. He replied, Every time hath its fortune and its men, and Allah have truth on him, who said, and the old man crept o'er the worldly ways. So bowed, his beard o'er his knees down floweth. Quoth I, What gars thee so doubled go? Quoth he, As to me his hands he showeth. My youth is lost, in the dust it lieth. And see, I bend me to find my youth. Now when he had ended his verses, he said, O chief of the caravan, it is not I who am minded to travel, but this my son. Quoth the camelier, Allah save him for thee. Then the consul made a contract between Allah al-Din and the man, appointing that the youth should be to him as a son, and gave him into his charge, saying, Take these hundred gold pieces for thy people. Moreover, he bought his son threescore mules and a lamp and a tomb-covering, for the side Abid al-Qadir of Gilan, and said to him, O my son, while I am absent, this is thy sire in my stead. Whatsoever he biddeth thee, do thou obey him. So saying, he returned home with the mules and servants, and that night they made a kitmar, or perfection of the Koran, and held a festival in honour of the Sheikh Abd al-Qadir al-Jilani. And when the morrow dawned, the consul gave his son ten thousand dinars, saying, O my son, when thou comest to Baghdad, if thou find stuffs easy of sale, sell them. But if they be dull, spend of these dinars. Then they loaded the mules, and, taking leave of one another, all the wayfarers setting out on their journey, marched forth from the city. Now Mahmud of Balkh had made ready his own venture for Baghdad, and had moved his bales and set up his tents without the walls, saying to himself, 
thou shalt not enjoy this youth but in the desert where there is neither spy nor marplot to trouble thee it chanced that he had in hand a thousand dinars which he owed to the youth's father the balance of a business transaction between them so he went and bade farewell to the consul who charged him give the thousand dinars to my son ala al-din and commended the lad to his care saying he is as it were thy son accordingly ala al-din joined company with mahmud of bak and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the two hundred and fifty-fourth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that ala al-din joined company with mahmud of balk who before beginning the march charged the youth's cook to dress nothing for him but himself provided him and his company with meat and drink now he had four houses one in cairo another in damascus a third in aleppo and a fourth in baghdad so they set out and ceased not journeying over waste and wold till they drew near damascus when mahmud sent his slave to ala al-din whom he found sitting and reading he went up to him and kissed his hands and ala al-din having asked him what he wanted he answered my master saluteth thee and craveth thy company to a banquet at his palace quoth the youth not till i consult my father kamal al-din the captain of the caravan so he asked advice of the macadam who said do not go then they left damascus and journeyed on till they came to aleppo where mahmud made a second entertainment and sent to invite ala al-din but he consulted the chief cameleer, who again forbade him. Then they marched from Aleppo, and fared on, till there remained between them and Baghdad only a single stage. Here Mahmud prepared a third feast, and sent to bid al-Adin to it. Kamal al-Din once more forbade his accepting it, but he said, I must needs go. So he rose and slinging a sword over his shoulder under his clothes repaired to the tent of mahmud of balk who came to him and saluted him then he set before him a sumptuous repast and they ate and drank and washed hands at last mahmud bent towards ala al-din to snatch a kiss from him but the youth received the kiss on the palm of his hand and said to him what wouldst thou be at Quoth Mahmud, In very sooth I brought thee hither, that I might take my pleasure with thee in this jousting ground, and we will comment upon the words of him who saith, Say, canst not come to us one momentling, like milk of yukin or aught glistening, and eat what liketh thee of dainty cake, and take thy due of fee in silverling, and bear whatso thou wilt, without mislike of spanling fistling or a span long thing then mahmud of balk would have laid hands on ala al-din to ravish him but he rose and bearing his brand said to him shame on thy grey hairs hast thou no fear of allah and he of exceeding awe may he have mercy on him who saith preserve thy hoary hairs from soil and stain for whitest colours are the easiest stained 
and when he ended his verses he said to mahmud al balk verily this merchandise is a trust from allah and may not be sold if i sold this property to other than thee for gold i would sell it to thee for silver but by allah o filthy villain i will never again company with thee no never then he returned to kamal al-din the guide and said to him yonder man is a lewd fellow and i will no longer consort with him nor suffer his company by the way he replied o my son did i not say to thee go not near him but if we part company with him i fear destruction for ourselves so let us still make one caravan but allah al-din cried it may not be that i ever again travel with him so he loaded his beasts and journeyed onwards he and his company till they came to a valley where allah al-din would have halted but the cameleer said to him do not halt here rather let us fare forwards and press our pace so haply we make baghdad before the gates are closed for they open and shut them with the sun in fear lest the rejectors should take the city and throw the books of religious learning into the tigris but allah al-din replied to him o oh, my father i came not forth from home with this merchandise or travelled hither for the sake of traffic but to divert myself with the sight of foreign lands and folks and he rejoined o oh, my son we fear for thee and for thy goods from the wild arabs whereupon the youth answered hark ye fellow art thou master or man i will not enter baghdad till the morning that the sons of the city may see my merchandise and know me do as thou wilt said the other i have given thee the wisest advice but thou art the best judge of thine own case then allah al-din bade them unload the mule and pitch the tent so they did his bidding and abode there till the middle of the night when he went out to obey a call of nature and suddenly saw something gleaming afar off so he said to kamal al-din o captain what is yonder glittering the cameleer sat up and considering it straightly knew it for the glint of spearheads and the steel of badawi weapons and swords and lo and behold this was a troop of wild arabs under a chief called ilan abu naib sheikh of the arabs and when they neared the camp and saw the bales and baggage they said to one another o knight of loot now when kamal al-din heard these their words he cried avaunt o vilest of arabs but abu naib so smote him with his throw-spear in the breast that the point came out gleaming from his back and he fell down dead at the tent door then cried the water-carrier avaunt o foulest of arabs and one of them smote him with a sword upon the shoulder that it issued shining from the tendons of the throat and he also fell down dead and all this while allah al-din stood looking on then the badawin surrounded and charged the caravan from every side and slew all allah al-din's company without sparing a man after which they loaded the mules with the spoil and made off quoth allah al-din to himself nothing will slay thee save thy mule and thy dress so he arose and put off his gown and threw it over the back of a mule remaining in his shirt and bag trousers only 
after which he looked towards the tent door and seeing there a pool of gore flowing from the slaughtered wallowed in it with his remaining clothes till he was as a slain man drowned in his own blood thus it fared with him but as regards the sheikh of the wild arabs ajlan he said to his banditti o oh, arabs was this caravan bound from egypt for baghdad or from baghdad for egypt and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section five recording by paul adams www dot com